Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. Hey, what is up, guys? Happy Tuesday. Um, Before we get into the podcast, uh, I've got a few talking points here that we're going to get to here in a minute. Did that make any sense? Get to here in a minute before. Anyway, the podcast will start at some point today. But before we get into that, I just want to tell you guys a few housekeeping things. But first, before we get to the housekeeping, um, I don't know if you guys have ever tried this, uh, but the sponsor of this episode is Fiverr. And I've actually used Fiverr for a number of years now. Uh, if you go look at some of my older YouTube videos, if you go look uh, my intro video, the Barbell Experience with the cool music behind it, the logo they actually did, uh, what else did you might actual the podcast cover here, uh, I had somebody from Fiverr do. So what Fiverr is, it's a freelance company. They can do graphic design. They can do audio voiceovers. They can actually edit your videos. Uh, if you're a student and you're looking for, you know, uh, somebody to write your paper for you, they can do that. Um, it's all a plus it's super cheap, super easy. You know, there's no middleman. It's, it's straight to the, uh, the developer itself. So go check that out. Fiverr, uh, anything you can think of, they can do freelancers. It's a great product. It's a great website. If you go check out the link either in my Instagram bio, or I will also post the link in this, uh, in the podcast notes. Uh, you can get, I believe it's, yeah, you get 20% off your first purchase. So if you make a purchase of a hundred bucks, you get 20 bucks off and it's $80. Uh, and you can do anything you can even, there's even, uh, people that will like shout you out on their Instagram pages. And there's like people with like millions and millions of Instagram followers. So it's a great website. It's a great tool. It's a great resource. And, uh, they're helping sponsor this video today. So, uh, go check them out. They're great. Uh, I swear I've used them before. This is not product placement. This is actually a brand that I reached out to. And so go check them out. It's amazing. It's a great opportunity. Also, if you have not yet, make sure you go subscribe to the YouTube channel, Christian Robertson. And and there's an and there, the second channel. i got some steps for you guys to take, okay? You don't just get to come to this podcast and think, oh, I'm just going to listen to Christian, you know, spread some wisdom. No, no, there's steps. There's There's... There's dues that have to be paid to be a, a listener. First of all, one is subscribing to this podcast. Make sure you subscribe. I don't know if there's a notification bell for podcasts, but make sure you subscribe. Share it with at least one other person. And go check out my YouTube channel, uh, Christian Robertson, doing vlogs there every week. Me and my new girlfriend, Michelle. Not that I had an old girlfriend. She's just new to me and my only girlfriend ever that I've ever had. So that's uh there's that so go check that out we're doing some fun stuff uh got a christmas vlog coming up friday and if you guys are planning on traveling with out of the country or with people that don't uh currently live in the country go check out my last vlog because we had some trouble with that and uh and it's kind of funny we got to hang out with my family a little bit so it was a it was a good time but um i think that's it just share do do something so, but we had a busy week. Let's get into it. We had a busy week. We had a uh, we had some crazy stuff. I've I've not really been. I just it's hard for me being a conservative to keep up with the news at this point because one I'm in Mexico, so it's like okay, well, 
what am I like what am I even doing what's the purpose of it and two it's just annoying man like I, I everything on the democratic side and the mainstream media just twists whatever story you get um and then everything on the conservative side is just like super optimistic and it's just like and I love optimism and I'm not a pessimistic guy at all if you've ever met me you know like oh gosh Christian's a psycho uh you know I'm a super optimist but I don't know, like everything, like I'm a big Trump guy and it's like everything is, oh, you know, Trump's going to win and here's how he's going to do it. And it's like, okay, hey, just just give us the information. Don't say he's going to win. You know, I, I, I it drives me nuts because it just gives like this false sense of hope for conservatives. So it's annoying on both sides. And I feel like there's never any middle ground. I feel like you can never just be like, hey, I, I agree with that person on that point, And I think that's a good um you know, a good thing or whatever. And it's just, you know, there's no, now I do think that divide has been created by the democratic side because I don't think they like to talk. I mean, I've me dealing with liberals in, uh, in most, uh, most spheres of, of that I've been in. It, it's not very conversation based. It's, it's more shouting you down. A lot of people tend to, one thing you'll realize if you get into apologetics or faith or anything like that is is liberalism and atheism have a very direct correlation and conservative uh, ideologies have a direct correlation with um, with Christian worldviews or some type of faith, uh, generally Christian worldviews, sometimes Juda Judaic uh, or Juda Judaism. Um, I don't know necessarily about Islam, but generally it comes with some kind of Christian faith. Not all, always. There's outliers, but generally that's how it is. Uh, actually, it's funny if you go on uh, if you go on Tinder. I haven't been on Tinder, and well, obviously, and since I got you know a girlfriend, but no, uh, since before I think I had one when I was in Portland. But jeez, uh, why did I just tell everybody that? Anyway, uh, good thing no one listens to the show. Anyway, um, no, if you go on Tinder. If you're on Tinder, if I know, well, this is for people that listen because I heard this from a friend. Uh, if you're on Tinder, actually go and look because it'll show like people, whether they're conservative, liberal, you know, Christian, like what their worldview is, what their faith. And when I was on it, there was a direct correlation with atheists and or atheist agnostic and liberal. And then there was a very direct correlation with conservative and Christian. So just kind of a fun little tidbit there about that. But yeah, it's um, it's been hard, but we've had some things in the news this week. One of the things that we had this week was, uh, well, first of all, the 117th, uh, uh, is it Congress or Senate? I think Congress. One second. Let me look. Gosh, I, I always get these two mixed up. Senate. No, Congress. Yes, Congress. Okay, sorry. Um, the 117th Congress uh, just uh, got sworn in, which <clears throat> I didn't really look into it too much, but it was kind of weird. So, and this is something I wanted to talk about because, well, first of all, Nancy Pelosi got reelected Speaker of the House. I, I don't even want to speak on that. I, I, I don't like her. I think she's not a great person, um, you know, as far as, you know, the, the whole, uh, first of all, democratic ideologies in general, with, you know, whether it's abortion, keeping 
businesses closed, uh, dependency on government. I don't like that. I won't even take a stimulus check at this point um, because I don't want to owe the government anything. The only thing I want the government giving me is maybe a sense of security and protection as far as like the police force. But even that, like I, I, I train MMA, you know, I'm, we're gun owners in my family. Like we have our own security. It's, I think just justice in general is a big one. But, um, you know, there's very, very few things. <clears throat> and then, um, you know, maybe my tax return or something. But, yeah, not, not super much. So I don't like, you know, the Democratic uh, philosophy there. But so she got uh, reelected Speaker of the House, which is great for her. Um, and she knows that. It's not great for anybody else, but it's good for her. And, and people, you know, her hair salon, which I guess isn't really good for them because she outed them. But yeah, uh, so anyway, uh, one thing I want, so what I wanted to touch on here was the Democratic representative from Missouri opened the prayer, or opened the Congress in the session in prayer, and at the end of it, it was really weird, and it, okay, it really, it just goes to show, first of all, he read the whole prayer, I mean, you could just see, he had his notes out, he was reading the whole prayer, it, it as disingenuous as I can get. So again, back with this liberal mindset and, you know, lack of faith. I personally, I, you know, I, obviously Jesus taught us how to pray, but in certain settings like that, I think it's good to have like something, you know, cause it's nervous. You're nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking. I've, I've done prayers in front of, you know, thousands of people in the past, you know, football games, stuff like that. And you do have like a script. You do have something along the lines of like what you want to say, but you don't necessarily read it verbatim. And uh, so I can understand why you would want, you know, something, you know, because you don't want to fall and stumble on your words, especially in a bunch in front of a bunch of people. So I can understand why you may be nervous or why you would have a certain uh, maybe some bullet points or or some things that you want to touch on or maybe some things God's putting on your heart. But this was very disingenuous, in my opinion. Um, you know, it was. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody open a prayer and this is not, you know, this is not an outing. This wouldn't hold up in court or anything like that. You can't use it as evidence against his faith. I'm just saying personally for me, I've never heard anybody open a prayer saying eternal God. Uh, that was a little, it was just a little weird for me. I'm not saying that that's anything against him or what, you know, his faith is. That wasn't the thing that stuck out to me. What stuck out to me was at the end well, well, first the reading of it. Um, I, I think prayers are best spontaneous and, and spirit-led. And obviously, like I said, you know, you have some bullet points or you have some things that maybe God's putting on your heart to pray about. But as far as writing it down and reading it verbatim, obviously we have the Lord's Prayer. It's a little bit different circumstance um, because that's not what they prayed. But uh, it was weird for me at the end because he starts rambling about like, you know, the monotheistic God, and I think he said something about Brahman, and then the God worshipped by many faiths in in many uh, in many cultures around the world. And then he says, Amen and a woman. Now, we'll get to the Amen, a woman part here in a minute, because that's a, a completely different topic in and of itself. Um, I mean, it's a, it was a, it was a switch flip because 
you know, he starts his prayer off, and you're like, okay, like, you know, you see, like, some type of intentionality, so maybe you're listening, maybe you're, you know, and then he just switches it, and he's like, oh, Brahman, I think he said Brahman, I'm not 100% sure on that, but monotheistic God worshiped by many faiths, first of all, no, no, there's only one faith that is, is consistent with with history, there's only one faith that's consistent with science. There's only one faith that's consistent with uh, the longing in our heart, and that's Christianity. So if you're, you're you, and it's like him, it just shows that he doesn't have a faith. In my opinion, is there's nothing there that isn't cultural in nature. There's no truth because here's the thing: is if a Christian goes up there and and says, you know, a prayer, it's, you know, dear Jesus, dear God, you know, whatever, and it's not catering to other faiths you're not saying anything about other faiths any polyistic faiths polytheistic sorry you're 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 speaking strictly on your faith and what you believe and if other people don't like it hey you're the one that was praying so that's kind of how you get a sense of that it was disingenuous the there's no adherence to god there's no adherence to any other god it's okay how do we adhere to the people and, and that's why he said what he said and it it's just sad because we do in this country we have built a a culture and a country and a constitution founded on christian principles and ideologies and and actually backed by the bible and when you have people that go in and almost tainted. I mean, we swear, they swore in on the Bible. Like when a president swears in, when I believe when Congress members and congressmen and senators swear in, they swear in on the Bible. They don't swear in on uh, the Torah or the, um, why am I blanking? Uh, the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or, or anything along those lines. I swear it on the Bible. So it's just very disingenuous and it it just shows that it's pandering because he obviously doesn't believe all those faiths. He obviously doesn't believe all those, you know, religions. It's it's a pandering to and you can't pray to multiple gods. You just can't you can't accept you know, Allah and accept Jesus at the same time. They're in complete contradiction of each other. You can't accept Brahman, the Hindu God, one of the trillion Hindu gods, and Jesus at the same time. You can't do that. You can't accept the teachings of Buddha and reincarnation and accept, you know, Allah. Like, it just, it, it, it doesn't work. It defies the laws of non-contradiction. So when they do that, it's just to show that, okay, this is just trying to pander to the culture. And then he did something that was just clear shot in the foot. What I thought was, and this is the annoying thing is he said, and I actually, actually it's funny. I'll tell you a story. So one time we were praying at, at dinner. It was a whole family prayer. And my grandpa, uh, who's not really, uh, you know, not super faith-based or anything, but he's funny. And he goes, you know, we say amen. And he goes, hey, woman. It was just like as a joke, you know, he didn't. It, but it was it was so funny. I just remember thinking like, oh my gosh, that's so funny because I, I don't remember why I thought it was. It was just funny. But amen has, so he says amen and a woman. And this just goes to show, in my opinion, his lack of knowledge of faith. 
Because amen has nothing to do with masculinity or men or gender at all. Nothing. So to say a woman at the end of it would have everything to do with gender and masculinity when the first statement had nothing to do with it. Amen is, is, a, uh, is a term used to say I agree with what was just said, with what was just spoken. So with the Bible, when it's saying amen, it's not... The last word of the Bible is amen, you know, when it's talking about Jesus coming back and, and his kingdom will reign forever. And, and obviously everybody in the Bible, every chapter says amen. But uh, it has nothing to do with men. It has not, zero, zero, literally nothing to do with gender or masculinity. It has everything to do with the fact that you're saying agreement. I agree with the statement that was just made. I agree and I'm closing it off. So when I say when people say amen, when Christians say amen, it has nothing to do with a, a man, like a man. Okay, because it's not a man, it's amen. I, I mean, I've got a book right here, like it's amen, M-E-N. So, so for him to say a woman is just like, oh, I don't want a f women to feel excluded. It has nothing to do with women. It has nothing to do with men. It is just a word that has the word men in it. It's like menstruate or something stupid like that. Like it doesn't, oh, it's not like you're saying men, like the word men or meningococcal. Is that a thing? That's a, I think I had to get a vaccine for meningococcal. Uh, these are just like words that are coming to my, my head. I don't know why menstruate came to my head. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that came to my head. That's the first thing that came to my head. Oh, my gosh. Um, meningitis. M like, it just, anyway, it, you get the point. It has not, that'd be like saying a womanitis so that we can have inclusion. It doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's not a thing, okay? So for him to say that, it's just like, okay, you're just pandering to, to this group of people. You're pandering to the radical left. You're pandering to the people that have, denounce faith and want to act like Christian or I'm sorry, America wasn't built on Christian principles. And I, I think it's a sham. I think it's disgusting. I hope people see through it because yeah, it's just not good. It's not good when you, when you deviate from, from Christian principles in society, that's when you need more government because you need more people to tell you what to do. So I guess that makes sense why they would need it. If you have a society built on Christianity and Christian principles, People are able to govern themselves because they live lawfully. Now, granted, that's not a perfect society. It's not a perfect system, but they are able to do so much better. And you don't have to worry about as many police officers. I mean, if the people are committing less crime, you want to know how to put defund the police and put police out of business? Stop being criminals. That's, that's it. That's the answer. You want to know how to put hospitals out of business? Stop getting hurt. Stop going to, you know, the... Um, Stop, stop going to the hospital. Stop getting hurt, okay? That's how you do it, okay? That, it's the same thing as supply and demand. We have police officers because people are idiots and they act like morons and they do immoral, illegal things, okay? And first of all, when I say illegal, I do mean more on the immoral side because there are some laws, I mean, just to, that are not moral, okay? And we saw that a lot. Now people are adhering to the law, 
the law of the land that the governors are putting out. But when the police officers were doing stuff, they were all pissed because, well, the law says that you can uh that a police officer and they were getting they were using this as evidence for police off against police officers but they're like the law says that in this state a police officer is allowed to have sex with a detained um uh somebody ever somebody uh, a detainee i don't know what you would call them somebody in their custody uh if it's consensual okay first of all just because it's on the books that that can happen that mean that does not mean any police officer has ever done that so for, for you to go after a police officer for that makes zero sense. I'm going on a tangent. Bear with me. It'll all make sense when I make it make sense. And so it has nothing to do with the, the police officer. First of all, the police officers don't make laws. So they had nothing to do with that law becoming. It's not evidence against the police officer that their job is invalid because somewhere some law says that they can do something immoral. It's not okay. Okay. But it's still a law. So when people want the law, they, they, they pick and choose because sometimes the law is in their benefit for their narrative. Like in that case, oh, we need to defund the police because this is a law. Oh, we need to follow uh, all the guidelines because they're laws and we're going to get in trouble. No, it's morality versus immorality. Okay, and where do you get morality? You get it from God. There's no other way to explain where morality comes from, where, how you can justify your actions, how you can justify other people's actions, how you can call out a Christian and say you're not living right, or how you can look at the world and say this isn't okay, unless you have a moral standard, which is God. Period. Plain and simple. So where was I going with that? I was going somewhere, man. Anyway, but that's basically, uh, that's basically how I feel about it. I, I didn't feel like it was genuine. I thought it was just goofy and it was just pandering to a bunch of people. It didn't make any sense. A man, a woman. So anybody, anytime anybody says, oh yeah, this is, you have no idea what you're talking about. It has nothing to do with a man. It has nothing to do with a woman. It has everything to do with agreeing with the statement that was just made and closing it off. But continue to say what you want to say and be stupid. I guess you can do that. Um, okay. What's next? Okay, so we just got the stimulus bill passed, and I was talking about this earlier. I have zero desire to, um, I have zero desire to take any money from the government if I don't have to. I, I understand a lot of people have to right now. I think it's sad what happened, uh, and this is what I've seen. This is one of the things I've seen the media spin with this this stimulus bill. The stimulus package is. And I watched Tulsi Gabbard. So she's the uh, she's a congresswoman in um, a Democratic congresswoman, actually one of the few Democratic uh, um, congressmen or congresswomen that I actually uh, like. Uh, I don't know where she stands on abortion. That's always been my big one is abortion. If, if you if you're OK with killing children, then I'm just I'm out. But she actually makes some valid points on a lot of things. And she seems to have a head on her shoulders more so than most people I find on that side. Um, but the stimulus bill was she explained that it was 5000 pages and they had like 24 hours notice to come in and sign the bill. So you have to read it and sign it within 24 hours. 
uh, from proposal to signing as, as far as I understand. And, and I could be wrong on that. Leave a comment if I am because comments drive more traction or traffic to my channel. So if it's bad, it's great. And most people comment bad things. Anyway, so, so 5,000 pages. Nobody had time to read it. And once people did start reading it, they saw all these little. And so what it does is it gives $600 to the American people. Okay. $600. It's great. You know, uh, it's not as great as working and getting that in, you know, uh, four days, but, uh, you know, people are, people got to pay rent. That doesn't even pay a month's worth of rent, but whatever. Uh, it's kind of crazy to me how people are like, Oh my gosh, the stimulus bill, this is so great. It's like, well, dude, you should be working, getting 15 times that much. But anyway, I digress. So Tulsi Gabbard, was talking about this and yeah so they basically got the scraps american people got the scraps they sent 15 million dollars to pakistan for gender programs again probably to teach them that you should say a woman after a man or something stupid um just ridiculous why didn't that guy say a woman first and then say amen that would have been that would have been something he, dude you're from missouri you and me man you need to say a woman first then say amen uh doofus um, no, so this, this stimulus bill, $15 million, I believe to other countries, first of all, why other countries are getting foreign aid from us right now during a pandemic. I really don't agree with, I don't think it's okay, but why you're giving them $15 million for gender programs that has nothing to do with anything important or relevant at all. Why don't we send them $15 million worth of Bibles? Maybe they'll, you know, stop treating women like second-class citizens because they'll see how Jesus treated women. Maybe they'll, uh, you know, stop putting people under oppression. Like, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be a perfect system, but it doesn't hurt when the Bible's in people's hands. Um, so yeah, why we're given So 15 million, I, I looked it up. Actually, it was 10 million when I looked it up. Uh, but that gives, that could give $1,600 or $600 to another 17,000 people. If you divide it up, so another seventeen, so seventeen thousand people missed out on six hundred dollars, or seventeen, you know, or seventeen thousand people missed out on twelve hundred dollars. However, you want to divvy that up, because we gave Pakistan 15, ten to fifteen million dollars on gender programs. Let that settle in. But this is how the narrative gets spun: is you know, Trump is a jerk because he stopped us from getting stimulus. So the the he stopped it, and then he proposed, and you'll never hear about this, he proposed $2,000, and somehow, some way, the media spun it to where he was the bad guy because he was stopping the $600, but he was saying, no, 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 we're giving money to foreign countries for nothing, like, there's, stop, like, we're, gender programs, that doesn't even make sense, I literally just cut this out of schools because it was racist and evil and all this stuff, why don't we just give more money to the American people, and somehow they spun it, so... That's not a whole synopsis. I haven't studied it extensively, but I do know that those are um, basically what's going on and what happened. So, yeah. And also this week we had uh, the another big thing that happened was the uh, the Georgia phone call. I'm sure some of you guys heard that. I don't think anybody heard it in context. I haven't heard the whole phone call, but basically what happened was Trump got some serious heat because he said, we just need 11,000 votes. And a lot of people were saying, oh, he's trying to pressure the, the Georgia senator to, uh, to get him 11,000 votes. No, what the whole context of it was what he was saying, what they started out the call was 
you know, they did the recounts, but they didn't recount the, they didn't recount the, um, the legal ballots. They just kept recounting the ballots, and uh, and Joe Biden won by about eleven thousand votes. What he was saying is, listen, we won. We won this state. Okay, we've seen the videos. They stopped counting at 9:30, and then they went back and recounted, and that's when we lost the state. All of a sudden, when the Republicans weren't allowed to go in, and you can actually hear him talking to the senator on the the thing about this, and he's like, "Why did we, you know, why why don't you just do it? We have all this evidence here." And he's like, "We have a link we can send you." So he doesn't actually have any evidence. It's just like this middleman that he's trying to send them send them to. Um, but yeah, basically what he got caught with was when he was saying, we need 11,000 votes. Like all we need is 11,000 votes. What he was saying is, I don't need 50,000 votes. So you don't need to find everything. You know, we know we won. We believe we won. We believe we have evidence that we won. 18,000 of these votes were cast, you know, in Biden's favor after the, the election was, you know, supposedly called off for the night. Uh, and I remember seeing that election night, 1130. I was like, oh, my gosh, like we're going to win. Like Trump's killing it. He's winning all the swing states. And then I woke up the next day and he was losing all the swing states. So it's not hard for me to believe um, that there was some serious tampering and voter fraud. And I, I definitely don't trust the elections now based on what I've seen. But that's what he was saying. He was saying, hey, I don't need to get 100,000 votes. He beat me by 11,000 votes. Just get me one more than him. Find me one more. And people were saying, you know, oh, he's pressuring him into, you know, getting one more. And actually, you can hear on some of the CNN videos and stuff, they amplified the sound to make it sound a lot more aggressive than it actually was, which I thought was pretty, um, pretty disingenuous. And I think he got a little heated, too, because he wasn't really getting anywhere. And um, his senator there wasn't really doing much to help him out. So we'll see. I mean, I haven't kept up with it too much just because it's getting... You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm a Christian. I'm a citizen heaven first, man. So whatever happens, happens. I'm, I'm going to fight for good. Um, I think the difference between, you know, America and uh, North Korea is politics. Um, I, I, you know, people are trying to get you to wear masks outside right now. People are trying to, you know, they're burning Bibles. They're burning the American flag. They're, they're trying this globalist agenda. They're giving money to Pakistan for you know, to teach them that there's 400 million genders out there, more genders than Hindu gods. And, and it's just disgusting to me. And, and I don't want to see that happen because I do think America has produced more Christians than any country ever. Um, I do think America has more, had more prosperity. Um, now I do think there is an ability for people to say that they're Christians that aren't really Christians that we don't have in other countries. But I, I think that just goes to the freedom that we have. And, and I think it's a good thing that we can, you know, we have the ability to to have sufficient freedoms in this country, whereas, you know, we're not getting persecuted and killed for our faith. I mean, I think that's what we all want. Uh, we all want to be, you know, have a, a world where we can say, hey, I'm a Christian, man, and not get shot in the head or hung upside down or crucified or get our heads cut off. You know, I think that's what we want. Um, and I, I think America has offered that to us. But the way I see it, going especially and i'm not saying like in the next election or you know right now but i definitely think the groundwork has been framed for that to no longer be a thing uh based on the fact that we devalue life uh and it's continuing to get older and older before it was you know a few weeks before we never devalued uh people you know children in the womb you know i mean and well maybe not before but um 
you know, but it continues to get older and older. You know, now it's third trimester, second trimester. I mean, Colorado voted this year that you can kill up to 21 weeks or 22 weeks. I mean, it's getting older and older. New York proposed a bill that would kill babies even outside of the womb. So when a culture starts to devalue, there's no, you know, if there's no set point like there is at conception, then all you're going to see is the line get pushed back, back and back. And so it would, it would, and we're already seeing, you know, in Portland, you can't be a Trump supporter in Seattle. You can't be a Trump supporter. You, so you, you've now devalued these people as if they're some kind of Nazis because they voted for a certain candidate that agrees with their ideologies of, you know, safety, security, um, freedom, you know, pro-life, pro-speech, small government, pro-gun, you know, the ability to protect yourself, things like that. And, and we've, the media has demonized those people. So we're already seeing the devaluing of life at uh, the adult stage. We've, we've seen it, you know, at the child stage for years now, uh, you know, mostly since Roe versus Wade. And it just goes to show what certain politics and certain policies can do. I mean, slavery used to be the commonplace and segregation used to be something that wasn't forethought for most people. Well, then politics changed that. And now nobody really thinks that slavery is okay. Nobody really thinks that um, that segregation is okay. There's not as many racists out there, not even close. And so that's an instance where politics has had a hand in, you know, helping the public perception. And so, yeah, I, I see it going negatively. I see Christians. Now, I'm not saying that God can't do big things. I'm just saying if that's the world you want to live in, then continue to let, you know, what's happening happen. Obviously, we're Christians. We know how the story ends, but that doesn't mean we have to just keel over and let people walk all over us. And, and I think especially in this country, we have an ability to stop that from happening. So that's just, that's kind of my, you know, my thoughts. And the worst part about this is right now is, in my opinion, what I think should happen is I think the church should open. I think the church is, first of all, the church has never been called to go with culture because culture is always called to go against the church. And the church has never been called, I mean, God's people have never, I mean, Jesus had so many instances. I mean, okay, first of all, if you guys don't know anything about Jesus, the guy got crucified for his controversial beliefs and his teachings. He said he was God. That went very far against culture. I mean, he walked in to Jerusalem one day and the next week, they were, you know, trying to put them on a cross. So the church, in my opinion, is in a lot of places is pandering to this uh, this thought of, you know, just the politics. The church shouldn't pander to politics. The church should open. I've seen churches open. I was uh, at church that was open that had over 600 people on Christmas. And, hey, if you don't want to go to church, stay home. But... Don't say it's about public safety anymore because it's not. Because if they told you to open tomorrow, you would. Plain and simple. And if that's the case, then, you know, I think, I think there's a serious problem there. I don't think churches are called to go with culture. I don't think churches, I mean, I, I don't know any countries in the world where churches follow the law to the T. I mean, you go over, I mean, I've been in other countries where we went to church services that were underground where the pastor could literally get killed and we could have got deported. So, or worse, they could have put us in jail or something. Um, so the church doesn't follow the law. And the law is not, you know, the set standard. Yes, we're supposed to, you know, what Romans 8 talks about, you know, adhering to the law of the land to some extent. But tyranny is not under that 
I mean, the church has been told, no, you can't open, you can't be around people, you can't have community. God has told us to be in community. So I personally think the church should open for that reason because it has been the best excuse I've heard is we don't want to be on the nightly news. That's why we're not open. And that's not a very good excuse to not be open. That's actually a very weak excuse. Um, And yeah, I I think it's just, uh, yeah, it's just not good. It's just not good to take people out of community, to take people out of, I mean, the church does a lot of good things. And I think, you know, you see it in the Midwest right now. You wonder why the Midwest has more church, has more people open. Well, it's because the culture doesn't allow, the culture is more in line with church. It's more in line with conservative values. And you see the East Coast and the West Coast, and they're closed down. And it's like, well, why? It's because there's no there's no church. There's no, I mean, you wonder why Seattle and Portland are the two most unchurched or the two worst cities in the world. Well, they're the most unchurched cities in the world too. There's no, there's no value. So when the church stands down in situations like that, that's when you have people running amok. That's when you have things going the way they do. It's not, it's not uh, beneficial to anybody for the church to be closed right now. Not one person. If you don't want to go to church, you want to do it online, fine. But I don't think we should, as a church, as a community, have to adhere to your rules. I was going to go to a church service up in Portland, and I won't say the church, even though I want to kind of out them, but I'm not going to. Uh, I was in communication, and I went to church a couple times here. And I like the church. I like the pastor. I enjoy the people. Um, I really think it's a great place. But I think, you know, a lot of people's fears are being exposed right now based on how they've handled this whole situation and this government tyranny. I'll give you an example of what happened. I went to church two weeks in a row. They didn't say anything. I signed up for the serve team, so I wouldn't have to deal with anything. And, you know, they're like, oh, congrats, you're on the serve team. Like, you know, we hope to see you in the YouTube comments. First of all, in the YouTube comments, that's not community at all, so shut up. It's annoying. Uh, But we hope to see you on the YouTube live stream. And I was like, oh, no, like I was going to come like my friend is not saved and he wants to come to church and and this and that. And this girl's like, no, you can't come. Uh, We have to adhere to these laws. And we again, we hope to see you in the YouTube chat. And I'm like, okay, first of all, it was a pain getting my friend to agree to come to church. I'm not saying I like forced him, but I was just saying like, you know, I had to do some convincing and. And then you tell me, and, you know, he was like, he was getting excited because he's like, okay, you know, I want to try out the music. I want to see, you know, whatever, you know, I want to hear like what you're talking about. I want to see it firsthand. And then to go back to him and say, no, they said we can't come. We have to go on the YouTube. It wasn't even, he was like, well, no, I wanted to go in person. I wanted to be part of community. Like I've been shut off from community for, you know, five, six months. Like, you know, we can't go anywhere. I, I was excited about that. And I got in a back and forth with this girl over, over the uh over email and i was like hey wait a minute this guy's not saved this guy's not like he doesn't know jesus and he's trying to come to church and you're taking that opportunity away from him because some politician some corrupt politician in a state that's had this i think the third or fourth least amount of deaths like less than 500 at the time it was you you can't come are you kidding me no we, we have to adhere to these rules and it's just so weak to me it's so weak and i i think Everybody is losing respect for a lot of people in leadership right now because of certain things like that. I'll just tell you right now, I've given more money. uh, I've been giving money to churches that are open. 
you know, that I can give online because I personally, I think churches should be open and I'm not, I don't hate anybody in my life. I don't hate any previous leaders or anything. I just think that churches should be open and that's how I feel. And because my friend was told that he could not come to church who was unsaved. So we've literally valued politicians' words and their mandates, corrupt as they may be, over somebody's individual salvation. And that's a loss. That is a miss. That is not okay. I don't accept it. I don't think it's okay. And I think anybody that leads a church right now should open it up because this has gone too far for too long. If people don't want to come because they're scared of getting sick and they want to get mad, fine. So be it. That is your choice. But everybody else doesn't have to wear a life jacket because you can't swim, especially when we're standing on the beach. Plain and simple. All right, last thing. Last order of business. We got a little MMA stuff. Okay, so Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather signed a fight. And I haven't really talked about this much, um, and it's kind of old news, but I do think that there is a perspective that I have on this that not a lot of people have. And and I want to talk about that because I've had a bunch of people come up to me and ask me, like, Christian, what do you think about Logan Paul fighting Floyd Mayweather? What do you think about, you know, uh, Jake Paul, Nate Robinson? You know, what do you think about Jake Paul calling out all these big fighters? And I want to get to that in a minute. Actually, yeah, I want to get to that in a second because I think there's a point I want to make first. To put this in perspective, I don't I don't know. I think boxing's a great sport and I love boxing. But to put this in perspective, if something like this were to happen, this would never happen in any other sport. I don't know why boxing is like this. I don't know why you could put a Conor McGregor with a Floyd Mayweather. I don't know why um you know, Deontay Wilder can spend a year and a half boxing and get a bronze medal at the um, at the Olympic Games. I think, I'm not saying boxing is easy because I've done boxing. It's not easy. But I don't know how, I think it's one of those sports that you can, you can get good at, at later. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know what the reasoning is or why there's like this illusion. Maybe it's a puncher's chance. Maybe because you've so narrowed your way of winning down that other people can do it. But I do want to say this. To put this in perspective, this would never happen in wrestling. Nobody could ever come off the streets or off of a couple wins or in Logan Paul's case, zero wins doesn't matter what their size is and and have any type of competitive match no athlete you know I mean Colby Covington called out LeBron and LeBron responded and said oh nobody wants to get in the cage with me to articulate for you how bad Colby would beat LeBron would take longer than the match itself in a fight and size has nothing to do with it it really doesn't I I'm I David Taylor. I've been to David Taylor's house. Uh, I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're acquainted. Um, I've, I was over in Pennsylvania for two two weeks. And so David Taylor is a world champion um, in wrestling. He's beaten multiple Olympic champions. He was a two-time Hodge Trophy winner, which is like the equivalent of the uh, – what's the, the Heisman? It's like the equivalent of the Heisman for football. Uh, he's two-time national champ, two, 
to assume or make believe that a 300-pound guy, because he's big, does not matter how athletic he is, could come and beat David Taylor. Now, David walks around probably about 200 to 205 pounds, and he cuts down to 184 pounds. There is even cutting. There is absolutely no way any human being that is not a wrestler weighing that much could do anything to David. It would not even be close. And the same with there's nobody that can come off the street and play in the NFL or in the NBA. You just can't do it. So why boxing has this illusion that people can. Now, I don't think it's going to go well for Logan. Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if the sport's just easier. I don't know. I don't know what the what the deal is. If the puncher's chance, like when you get hit in the face, it just makes such a difference in, in how well you're able to compete. I don't know. But we had something like this a few years ago in wrestling when when not even a, a guy that wasn't unknown, but Ben Askren came over and wrestled Jordan Burroughs. Now Ben Askren was, I believe, a two-time Olympian, uh, multiple-time uh, national champion in college, and. And Ben was, uh, you know, a eighteen to no fighter, and and he was he had been there, like he had done that same weight class, like he I think he was one separated from Jordan's first. Maybe he passed the torch to Jordan, or maybe he was on the Olympic team before Jordan. I think two thousand eight was when he was last on the Olympic team, I believe. And and Jordan beat the crap out of him, like it wasn't even close. And this is a guy that had wrestled his whole life. This is a guy that was on the Olympic team. So. How that works is I don't know. I don't know what, what the deal is there. I don't know why somebody can come off the street and, and just fight Floyd Mayweather and we have this assumption that, oh, my gosh. You know I mean? They were saying that uh, Ronda Rousey could beat Floyd Mayweather in a fight you know, a few years back, which is completely untrue. There's no way. I mean, Ronda would get beat by Floyd in judo, and Ronda was a gold medalist in judo, or maybe she was a silver medalist. She was a medalist. But it's just it's weird. So – Basically, what all that to say, what my perspective is as a wrestler and why people keep asking me is, yes, I think they're serious about boxing. I think people keep asking me, are, are, do you think they're serious about boxing? Do you think the Paul brothers are serious about boxing? Yes, I do. I really do. When Jake Paul says, I want to be a boxer, and then he moves, I mean, he's, move, he's selling his house, I believe him. And here's why. Is these guys were competitors. These guys were athletes. I mean, Logan wrestled a semester at a Division One school. Uh... And the only reason he quit was because he got famous. I guarantee you, if if they didn't get famous, they would have both wrestled in college. So what what happened was most athletes have the luxury of becoming famous through their sport, athletes that do get famous, or after their sport. Does that make sense? So basically, what I'm saying is that you know a, a wrestler is not going to get famous till he gets in the UFC. Uh, and he might get a little fame here and there, but even then, like, it's not fame. Like, it's like very, like, oh, somebody comes and asks for an autograph. Uh, a boxer is not going to get famous till after he, you know, is fighting for a world title. Maybe, um, a football player is going to have his whole life, you know, of playing football to maybe amass some kind of fame. So a basketball player, same kind of thing. They're getting famous through their sport. There is no outlet, really, to get famous as a wrestler unless you're a world champion. And even then, you're not famous. You're famous within the wrestling community, which is a completely different thing. So these guys got famous, really, really famous at an early age. I mean, like 17, 18, 19 years old. These guys are, are, are at a crossroads because here they are. They're both competitors. They're both competitive wrestlers. They both love the sport. 
And here they are at this crossroads of, well, what do I do? I've got this fame coming from this other outlet. And I can't even cash in on it because at the time, and even still now, NCAA athletes can't cash in on their, their money. They can't make any money off their likeness, nothing. So they're getting all these millions of views from Vine and later, uh, and later YouTube, and they can't do anything about it. So what do they do? Obviously, they're going to pick the route. And I think they made a good choice. They picked the route of making millions and millions of dollars. I mean, they have one of the, mo the most successful podcasts. They're both millionaires. They've both made millions and millions of dollars boxing. So, but basically the point is they made money outside. Of, they had to quit. They, they had to cut their career off prematurely because the fame didn't come with the career. The fame came from a different outlet that they probably got by accident, you know, being doing the vine and everything. And so they're at this crossroads of, do I want to make a million dollars or do I want to continue being a competitive athlete? Well, you're going to take the money. And so that's what they did, but they're still 23 and 24 years old. So what do you do? You've got this edge of, well, I didn't get to live out my career because I got famous outside of my career before I ever really got a chance to get famous through my career. And so now they've got this you know, 24-year-old body and they're still athletes and they have this desire to compete. And so when they say, yeah, I'm serious, I believe them. I believe them 100% because I think, for me, it, I lived out my wrestling career. I'm done wrestling. You know, I've got my injuries. I've got everything. But had I not, I would have always wondered, what if? And that's where they're at now. And they don't have an outlet to do wrestling. You know, that ship's kind of sailed. But they have this outlet to do boxing, and they've made a lot of money doing it. And so – why not? So yeah, I think they're serious, man. I think I think they both want to fight. I think they both want to make money. And I think ultimately they have a competitive edge that was never satisfied. They've got a desire that was never met because they had to quit at a young age. And so yeah, I think they're serious. And, and I think they're going to continue to box. And, and I'm excited. I love it. Um, you know, I, I don't think Logan has a snowball's chance in hell of, of really even connecting a good shot on Floyd, but you know, it's gonna be fun to watch. We're all going to tune in. So I wish the best for him. Um, yeah, that's basically it. And, uh, I don't really have much more on this podcast. I think that was just kind of a random bunch. You know, that's what happens when I don't have a conversation with somebody. I just talk about what I wrote down for the week, but, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys go subscribe, make sure you share this podcast with one other person. Uh, make sure you go, oh, go check out my girlfriend's, uh, page, Michelle Rotje, Rotje, R, Michelle, spelled normal, R-O-T-G-E, I hope that's how you spell it, uh, but there's an accent mark on the E, so I don't know if you guys can do that or not, but yeah, you guys should definitely go check it out, she had, uh, the other part of the video that I did over on her pod, or over on her channel, so go check that out, guys, make sure you check out Fiverr, make sure you check out everything um, that I've ever said, ever, so I can get money, and uh, have a blessed day, guys.